What is up, party people? Welcome back to The Fitness Files. I'm Megan. How the hell are you? Listen, the sun is shining right now. I am sitting in its glory through my office window, of course, but I totally don't care that the only space I have for the sunlight right now is through my window. I feel it on my body. It is making my soul feel a little alive. <laughs> I was going to say a little less dead and I'm like, oh my God, that sounds dark. And like, I might alert some people and they need to call for help. <laughs> Don't be alarmed. Um, yeah. So the sun, the sun is shining and we are moving into February. And if January for you, like me is like a hard month, I typically find that February can sometimes be even worse, <laughs> but it's so short, so it's okay. Um, and look, listen, I have been going through it lately. I mean, it has been one thing after another. I'm talking appliances breaking, um, my body feels broken, getting sick, dealing with um, all kinds of things, like juggling just a shit ton of life. And that is honestly probably the best way to just describe everything is like this constant balancing act where I'm trying not to drop all of the balls that I am attempting to juggle. But because I'm so focused on not dropping a ball, I'm doing a terrible job. And if you too have been juggling a ton of shit and feeling very overwhelmed, feeling like there's so much going on and feeling like you don't know where to start to put the pieces back together, just remember that this is temporary. Like it is temporary. You are not going to stay in this moment forever. And it is going to pass like everything else. And no, it definitely doesn't fucking help when the days are hard and shit is going wrong. And I am not a person who is typically a person who believes in like that toxic positivity bullshit, right? Like, yes, of course, I think that trying to have a positive mindset is super important. Um, and honestly, the only reason is because it is so easy to get caught up in the cesspool of negativity once you start. Once you let yourself surround your, you know, surround your thoughts with negative bullshit, like, I mean, everything that happens to you from there on out is going to feel and be perceived as something negative because you are just perpetrating this path for yourself. So while I don't want you to ignore what you're feeling and have this fake toxic positive positivity bullshit, like, oh, everything is great and wonderful. Um, I do want you to remind yourself like, Hey, this shit is going to pass. And like, yeah, it really does fucking suck right now. And yeah, it is really hard right now. Um, but that's okay because you know, the hard times always remind us that the brighter days are coming. The sun is going to come back out and shine on us. Um, and we're going to get through it and we're going to feel a little bit better when that happens. Um, I love spring so much. So as the closer we get to spring, I just feel like this newness, this awakening, 
come over me. Like I love when the days start to get longer, the sun is out a little bit longer and it just feels a little bit more revitalizing. And so my goal today is sometime throughout today, whenever that is, um, maybe at my lunch break, maybe after school briefly, I don't know, whenever. My goal today is to go outside for 10, 15, 20 minutes and just soak up all the vitamin D, get some sun on my skin and enjoy it. And so if you have time and the sun is shining for you today, I encourage you to try and do the same and just see if we can get a little natural mood booster. Thank you, sunshine. And if the sun doesn't do it for you, hey, whatever is going to do it for you works for me. Like literally, I just ate some fruit snacks because I wanted some fruit snacks. And I'm like, you know what? These fruit snacks are going to make me feel better. So find your fruit snack, find whatever is going to make you feel better and jump in, whatever that might be. Um, so yeah, so today I wanted to talk to you about kind of like this idea of fat loss. And whenever you are in this goal, mindset of wanting to lose fat. Um, and I'm talking about fat loss and not necessarily weight loss, right? Because those can be two different things. So I am talking about fat loss in particular, which of course, if you're losing fat, you might also be losing weight. But I wanted to talk about kind of like the order of shit that you need to do in order to move into a fat loss phase. Because so often than not, I am in conversations with people and they are frustrated as fuck because they want to lose fat and they want to lose weight and they just feel like their journey is not taking them in a forward direction. And I totally understand that because I've been there and it can be one of the most frustrating and disheartening things where you feel like you're doing all the things, you're doing all the things that you possibly can. And no matter what you do, you are not seeing the progress that you are hoping to see. Um, and part of that sometimes is because the progress that we're hoping to see is not realistic, right? Like some people expect I'm going to do everything right for one week and I'm going to see a five pound loss, right? Like this shit takes time. And I know that we're often led to believe sometimes by media by the fitness community, by people in our lives who are like, oh yeah, I just stopped eating carbs and drank some detox bullshit and I lost 15 pounds in a month. But y'all, I promise you that they're probably not doing things and going about things in a healthy way, nor is that going to be something that they can sustain. And more than likely, they are going to gain that shit back because they really don't have their shit together right? Like anybody can do something hard for, for four weeks, right? Like anybody can put their, their selves and their bodies through some grueling torture where they eat little to nothing and they exercise insane amounts and they might see results from that. But are they going to be able to do that long term? They're not. And so don't let yourself fall in the trap of thinking that fat loss is something that is fast or that this journey is something that has an end date because honestly, it doesn't. You know, when I started, 
on my initial journey in 2019, I really thought, okay, in a year, I'm going to be where I need to be. And then that year came and that year passed and I wasn't. And then I thought, okay, this next year is going to be it. And the year came and it went and, and I wasn't. And it wasn't that I hadn't made progress because I had made a shit ton of progress. I have made a ton of progress. But what also started happening is that I started to refine my goals and I started to realize that the skinniest version of myself that I was so busy chasing wasn't the best version of myself and it wasn't something that I wanted to sustain in my life. Because I want to also live my life and enjoy my life. I want to go out to brunch. I want to go out to dinner. I want to have a drink if I want to have a drink. Like Those are things that are important to me and I want to do all of those things without feeling like I can't or feeling like they don't have a place in my daily life because they do. And I'm unwilling to give up meals and I'm unwilling to give up, you know, doing the things that make me happy in order to see a certain number on the scale. And honestly, you should be too. So these are the five most important things for a fat loss phase. And these things in this order this is their order of importance, okay? And this is going to be key here because a lot of times people have the wrong things prioritized. I see this especially as a group group fitness instructor, as a personal trainer. People are very, very quick to prioritize exercise. And look, listen, we've already talked about this. I fucking love exercising. I love weightlifting. I love cycling. I love doing all the things and I love moving my body. But the reason I love moving my body so much is not because it is going to help me lose fat or lose weight, but because it helps my mental health. It helps me stay sane. It helps me to get some endorphins that I need. And that is why exercise is so important to me. But in the grand scheme of things, a lot of times people are prioritizing their exercise as their number one thing, the most important thing that they need to do in order to lose weight. But honestly, in the grand scheme of things, exercise falls pretty low on the list. So a lot of times people come to me because they're so frustrated and they're like, but, you know, I've been working out and I've been, you know, going to all these classes and I've been, you know, going on the treadmill for 85 hours. And it's like, yeah, and that's super awesome. And I'm hoping that you're getting a lot of benefits to that, that are so beyond the scale, so beyond your other, you know, the other physical things that you're doing it for. But how are these other things in your life? How are they? How have you prioritized them? What have you done to improve them? And oftentimes they haven't, or they're just very unaware of how important they are. So the first thing, and this is going to be number one, no matter what, right, is nutrition. I tell people this all the time. You can now outrun or outtrain a bad diet. You can't. And a lot of times people think that they can, they think that they are going to, you know, exercise off when they've indulged. And first of all, stop punishing your body, okay? You don't need to punish your body if you have a piece of cake or if you go out of town and you enjoy and you live life, okay? You don't. And a lot of times people like try to work off their food with exercise, but it doesn't lead them to getting the results that they're hoping for. As a matter of fact, for me personally, and for a lot of people, the more you exercise, especially on like days where I'm teaching multiple classes, 
I am fucking famished. I want all the food because I'm hungry and I'm moving my body more and I am hungry. So I eat more. So oftentimes people think, oh, I'm just going to work off what I ate. And it doesn't work like that. Um, you know, a lot of times people are just very unaware of how much they are actually eating. It's easy to think, oh yeah, I'm eating, you know, this many calories. But if you're not really measuring your food, serving your food, weighing your food, tracking your food, it you would be surprised by how easy it is to overeat, even on healthy things. You can overeat on healthy food. So honestly, just thinking about, okay, how can I, first of all, eat a little less? Is there something that I can eat a little less of? And the second part for me is always, how can I make sure that my food that I'm eating is nutritionally enhanced, right? And like, so for me, what I try and do for every meal that I'm eating is I add a little extra protein, especially on the days that I'm going to be a little extra hungry. And I focus on trying to get full on eating extra protein and making sure I'm getting my vegetables and my fruit, staying hydrated, of course. And then really listening to my hunger cues, which requires that you slow down a little bit, you eat a little bit slower, and you're not distracted when you're eating. And our bodies let us know when we're full. And you know that they do because sometimes when you overeat, you can kind of think back and say, oh, I shouldn't have had, you know, those last couple bites. I grew up in a, in a time where like my family was like, no, we don't waste our food. We clear our plates and I don't give a fuck about clearing my plate anymore. When I'm full, I'm full and I'm stopping eating. Even if that means in a couple hours, I'm a little bit hungry again and then I have a snack. That is no big deal. So what I want you to think about is making sure that you're eating well. You're being mindful of what you're eating. If you're not a person who wants to count calories, don't. If that doesn't work for you, don't do it. But just think about how can I swap out things to make my meals more nutritious? Maybe you're adding extra fruits. Maybe you're adding extra veggies. Maybe you're adding extra protein. Maybe you're adding a salad with your dinner. Maybe you're replacing something in your daily diet with something that's a little bit more of a more mindful choice. Um, and those are just little simple swaps. And you have to do it with consistency. So just thinking about how can I decrease my food and take a little bit? That doesn't mean that you can't have delicious foods. You know, for me last night, I had my little Girl Scout cookie thin mints. That was my dessert. And I had three of them. I originally had grabbed myself four, but after three, I was good. I was perfect. It was great. You know, fit places in for food that fills your cup and fills your soul and that you want. If that's a cupcake, if that's cake, if it's a cookie, awesome. But you don't have to eat the whole package of cookies. And it is changing your mindset like, and reminding yourself, listen, I have these cookies in the cabinet. And if I want more later, I can have more later. Or if someone else eats all these cookies, I'm an adult and I can go buy myself some more. And it's no big deal. So I don't have to eat them all right now to try to make sure that no one else eats them. And I'm guilty of that also. And so that's the thing, right? Like if your nutrition is not in check, if you do not start first with nutrition, everything else is going to be an uphill battle. 
because it doesn't matter how hard you work out. You're not going to be able to work out hard enough to offset bad nutrition, especially since most of us will kind of stay steady in a maintenance mode. If we are maybe not eating 100% the best, we could improve, we could focus there, um, but we're still working out. So like we might just stay in maintenance, which that in of itself can be a challenge. So that could be a good thing regardless. That takes us to the second most important thing in this hierarchy of a fat loss phase, and that is sleep. Listen, sleep is probably the most difficult thing for me. I am not good at sleeping. I do not sleep enough, not even slightly enough. Um, but it makes such an enormous difference when you are in a chronic sleep like deficit, right? Like when you're constantly searching for sleep, your body is going to do whatever it can to offset the fact that you're not giving it the rest that it needs to recoup, to refuel, to reset, to heal, to do all the things. So that's why when you don't get enough sleep, you might find that day you are hungrier than normal. You are craving sugar and sweets. Um, maybe you want like things that you typically don't even crave. A lot of times people who are sleep deprived find that they're off often craving carbs. Um, you might try and to offset the fact that you didn't get enough sleep by overdosing on your caffeine. And don't get me wrong. I love caffeine. I will never quit caffeine, but there's no amount of caffeine that is going to be able to do for your body what sleep does. And honestly, sometimes just trying to get an extra 15 minutes of sleep, 20 minutes of sleep, maybe even 30 to an hour of sleep can be the difference that your body needs to really make sure that you are getting the optimal sleep you need. Like sleep does for your body what nothing else can do. It helps you with your mood. It helps your hormones your stress levels, it helps your appetite, your energy. It also impacts your ability to work out and how hard you can go and how much you can push yourself. And then finally, after a hard day of training, it's what your body needs to rest, recover, what your muscles need. So if you are getting less than seven hours of sleep, and trust me, I'm guilty of this, there's a good chance that after you've gotten your nutrition in check, you have to get that in check because nothing else that you're going to do is going to be successful without it. So like even something as small and as little as just trying to add more sleep to your life, be more consistent with an evening routine, going to bed 30 minutes earlier, um, anything that you could try to ensure that your body gets a little bit more rest. Some things that have been really helpful for me when I finally get into bed to lay down, I make sure to turn off my technology. I love me a good sleep meditation or sleep soundscape, so I power that on. I've been drinking some Beam um, hot chocolate, which was a little overpriced. I'm not really sure how I feel about it, but it has some melatonin and some CBD in it to help me calm down, resettle, to settle into sleep a little bit easier. Um, and ultimately, has that helped 100%? No. 
Um, have I been getting a little bit more sleep than usual? A little bit. And am I at seven hours yet? Definitely not. Um, maybe one day. Um, but right along that, number three is stress. And this is probably no surprise to you, right? Like when we are stressed out, it can impact fat loss, no doubt, because stress can prevent us from so many different things, right? It can prevent us from getting good sleep. Um, for so many people, stress contributes directly to emotional eating. And in addition to that, when you are piling stress, like life stress on top of maybe training that your body looks at as a type of stress, your body is just like, whoa, hold up. Too much stress going on here. That's stress on stress on stress on stress. Um, so not only does that stress cause you to like physically not feel great, but it also confuses your body and it causes your body to have the opposite reaction that you're hoping. So do I know how to solve the world problems of stress? Um, yeah, definitely not. If I did, I would be a much richer, probably happier, healthier person. But here is what I would love for you to try if you are dealing with stress. So my number one thing that has really been helping me combat work slash life stress is my to-do list. So the first thing I do before I leave work every single day is I make my to-do list for the next day. If I am noticing that my day is a little crazier than I expected it, I immediately start my to-do list for the next day. I look at what I have on my list, what I have on my plate, and I start to take some of those things off my plate by moving it to the next day in any way I can. And so the idea of creating this to-do list helps me so much. First, it helps me feel accomplished. When I start to cross things off, it builds momentum. And so I want to cross everything off my to-do list. So I also add like little things that I have to get done regardless to my to-do list to help me build that momentum. The second thing that I have found that I do is I have been taking that, that 30 minutes every single day at lunch for myself. And yes, it's only 30 minutes, but those 30 minutes have been life-changing. Unplugging, taking 30 minutes, sitting down with my lunch, enjoying my food, um, sometimes reading a book, sometimes scrolling on TikTok to give me some silly endorphins throughout the day, and focusing on really just alleviating any worries for those 30 minutes has been super important. Finally, I've been making it a point to try to do something for myself at least every couple of days. And it could just be going and laying in bed for 10 minutes when I know that I need to be in the kitchen washing dishes or doing other things. Um, doing a stretch routine or a guided meditation, taking an extra long shower, um, locking myself away from the problems of my world, like whatever I can do to give myself a few minutes to try to de-stress a little bit has been really needed for me. And then finally, and probably the most difficult one that I'm working on to try and alleviate stress is leaving work at work. Y'all, so many of us feel very obligated to always be on and with the addition of like cell phones and technology growing and everyone has their email on their phones nowadays, it is so easy 
to get caught up in this idea of always being available. And this year I have really focused on leaving my work at work. When I leave the building at the end of the day, I am no longer available. And if someone needs me and they text me and it's something that they truly need an answer to in that moment, if I have the space and the mental capacity, I will answer. But otherwise I've been really just telling them, hey, I'll touch base with you about this on Monday. Or, hey, I see this and I will touch base with you tomorrow when we're back at work. And really setting clear boundaries because it is not healthy for anyone to always be available to others. So if you have a job situation where people expect that of you, you have to set boundaries and you have to do it. And then, of course, looking for other ways to alleviate your stress in whatever way you can whether that's telling people no or taking things off your plate that are not moving you in a forward direction and not bringing you joy, whatever it is that you need to do in order to move forward, that's what you have to do. You cannot walk around in a constant state of being highly stressed and overwhelmed. It's just, it just doesn't feel good. It's not healthy. It's not safe. And eventually what's going to happen is you're going to crack and it sucks and it's terrible. So going right into that and another thing that could definitely help with stress is just like trying to get daily movement. And I'm talking about daily movement. I'm not talking about exercise, right? So like that's where this idea of daily movement was where the idea of getting 10,000 steps a day really launched, right? The idea that most people sit for eight to 10 hours every single day. And honestly, people are typically fairly inactive and it is so important for your body and for your health and your body's overall health, your cardiac health to just get up and move as often as possible. So one thing I've found myself doing is, you know, whenever I can, I will move my computer to an elevated place so I could be in some virtual meetings and be standing. Sometimes I'll walk in place, taking the long way, you know, to my office, to my classroom, um, parking farther away. I try whenever I have an opportunity to take five minutes and go for a quick walk up and down the stairs doing whatever I can to get up, to get my body moving, and to get out of my desk, away from my computer, away from that screen. And just thinking about like, what is something that you can do that is really quick that will give you a little bit of extra movement? This is not exercise, right? This is just moving your body, getting your steps, taking a walk around the house, you know, in between folding laundry, Whatever you have to do in order to give yourself a little extra. If you're watching TV, maybe when it's a commercial break, getting up and, you know, walking around your living room for a few minutes. Uh, not doing this 24-7, but just adding a little bit of extra daily movement throughout your life in whatever way you can. And then last but not least, and this is, as you can see, on the bottom, in order of importance, of shit you can do to go into a fat loss phase is training, like strength training, truly starting a training program. And a few episodes back, I talked about what that means and what that looks like when you're talking about starting a, a training program. And if you're truly trying to train for fat loss, you truly have to think about having a specific personalized program to you 
That is not to say that group fitness classes are amazing. They're awesome. Will they help you? Sure. Might you see some fat loss as a result? Maybe. But thinking about three to four times a week, actually in the gym, in the fitness center, strength training, lifting weights, um, focusing on, you know, the big multi-joint movements, thinking about your squats, thinking about putting all of these pieces together, the functional strength training, daily movements, movements in the gym that are going to help your daily life. And then thinking about maybe just one to two cardio sessions a week. Um, these are just like moderate, low intensity, steady state cardio, um, just for about 25, set, 25 minutes a day, you know, to try and get your heart rate up, to maintain that cardiac health, to maintain that physical health, to help with your endurance, which is going to help with your ability to lift heavier. And then finally, considering maybe just one interval session, maybe doing a high intensity interval session. This is where, you know, a group fitness class might come into handy, but maybe looking at just ways that you can do a short interval session to get your heart rate up and thinking about how am I going to maximize my time in the gym for the best results. And a good trainer is going to sit down and hear your goals and map that out with you. And honestly, that's it. Those little things, right, that are huge, like let me not underestimate them, but figuring out if you are taking in the right nutrition for your body. What works for me might not work for other people. Some people are very sensitive to carbohydrates. So when they're eating carbs, they might notice that they're retaining water. Maybe they're gaining weight. Some people are protein sensitive. They can't have too much for different health reasons. Some people just have found a good balance of their nutrients. If your nutrition is right for your body and if you're getting enough adequate sleep and you're keeping your stress in as close to check as you can and you're moving your body each and every day, you're going to see results over time. And you might do all these things for a week and guess what? You might not see a single fucking result and that's okay. They say it takes about four weeks, four to six weeks for other people to start noticing changes in you. It takes about eight weeks for us to start noticing changes in ourselves. And part of that is body image, right? Part of that is we see what we want to see. But part of that is because we want that instant quick fix. And it's not until we see some drastic change that we really notice it. And that's why I talk so often about you cannot just rely on the scale. The heavier I lift, the less change I see on the scale. As a matter of fact, hardly ever see any movement on the scale. But what do I notice? Well, I notice my clothes fit differently. I bought a size small shirt the other day. I've never fucking worn a size small shirt. And it fit. And it might have just been the cut of the shirt. And it might have been the brand of the shirt that ran a little bit loose. But I was like, holy shit, what is going on? And start stuff like that is going to start to happen to you too. You might notice that your adrenaline starts to pump and your endurance is higher. You might notice that you're able to, you know, go for longer walks and have conversations and you're not losing your breath. Taking the stairs feels a little bit easier. Your clothes start to fit differently. But most importantly, you're going to be getting stronger and getting healthier 
And that is so much more powerful than any other physical change that you might see. And I know that so often we're caught up in the physical side of going into a weight loss journey or fat loss journey. And don't get me wrong, I am too. And I'm not going to sit here and fucking lie to you and say that that doesn't matter because first of all, it does. And it does to me too. And it has to me too for so long. And I still on an every single fucking day basis struggle with body image and accepting myself and being proud of myself and embracing the parts of me that for so long I was ashamed of and, you know, remembering just different childhood traumas that really have changed a lot of the ways that I look at myself and thinking about how for so long, for 33, 34 years of my life, literally for the bulk of my life, for as long as I can remember, I was just constantly in search of what was going to finally work so I could lose weight. And in my head, I equated finally finding that magic solution with finally finding happiness. And that is not something that you unlearn overnight. But once you start really thinking about instead of being on a weight loss journey, maybe being on a fat loss journey and maybe looking at how is my body composition going to change and how am I going to flourish and how can I get stronger? And, you know, what am I going to carry with me into my future? And I hope that as you are navigating along whatever journey you're taking, you just remember to give yourself grace and credit for all of the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes those things are just survival. And it is so easy for us to get caught up in all of the times that we fuck up or we screw up or, you know, we mess up and we think that we've lost sight of whatever it is and that our progress is going to be ruined. And it's not. And it's not. You are doing amazing. If you are moving your body, if you are waking up each day and you are trying your hardest to be the best version of yourself, don't lose sight of that. Don't let your own self-perception take away from the beautiful, wonderful, amazing person that you are. As always, y'all, that's just me mumbling and jumbling on my way out. If you want to chat with me more about how to start a fat loss phase, about what you're doing and how you can turn things around, change things differently, my inbox is always open. You can find me on Instagram at Megan Me Sweat. And I can't wait to come back and holla at you next time on The Fitness Files. Have an amazing week. You are truly amazing. Go get some sunshine in your life. Soak it up. And let's crush our goals. Y'all, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Fitness Files. I appreciate each and every time that you listen, that you share this podcast, 
or that you engage with me on any of my socials. Please, if you liked this episode today, share with a friend, leave a review, leave a rating. And if you have something that you want to let me know, if you want to chat with me about, or you'd like to hear me talk about, please find me on Instagram at Megan Me Sweat. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what you have to say, any feedback that you have. I cannot wait to talk with you soon. Keep killing it. You've got this. I'm rooting for you. I'll catch y'all later.